Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Here we go. NFL officiating madness. MLB cheating controversy. NBA blockbuster trade. This has all the makings. The hashtag crew is assembled. Let's do it. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. One place to start. Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Dominique Foxworth, Dan Graziano, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. And I am just seeing, gentlemen, an interesting email. Uh, This is a story from the Associated Press. That says the NFL plans to discuss roughing the passer penalties amid outrage over two disputed calls in week five. A person speaking on condition of anonymity because the conversations are internal said changes to the rule are not expected during the season. The person also said the league has not given officials a directive to emphasize roughing calls following Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa's concussion. So th- that uh, is just the very latest in what has been uh, the story that's kind of taken over the NFL this weekend. We had the hit on Brady, and then last night we have a big one. It doesn't wind up costing Kansas City the game, so maybe it doesn't become the topic it otherwise would have. But Nick is a guy who played in the league a long time. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I heard one of the things jumped out to me. You said that the NFL has not given – uh, the refs a directive to be a little bit more aggressive on these roughing the passes calls. I believe that's true, but the refs are human, and they experienced these last two weeks the same way we all experienced these last two weeks. And I think the statistics back up the fact that the roughing the passer calls have been up. It's not just that these big, high-profile ones that are impacting the game happen. It's also that they're just more aggressive with it because they saw how the whole country is always paying attention to football, but the whole country was really locked in on this Tua thing. And the most interesting thing about that is the issue wasn't with them not properly calling roughing the passer. The issue was with them allowing him to go back on the field after what – seemed to us all to be a concussion um, in five days. That was the problem. But either way, the league is a business overall, and what's bad for business is when the images are ugly and players are getting hurt. That's not good for business, and they want to stop that. Even, I would say, if you gave anyone the choice, if you gave Roger Gellar, or forget Roger Gellar, if I was the commissioner of the league and you gave me the choice of, all right, we will call these roughing the passer calls perfectly, but there will be some ugly concussions here or there, or we will be overzealous and ruin some games here or there. But you know what? We will not follow that to a headline with another headline of quarterbacks, a rash of quarterbacks being slunked around, get hurt. I'm not defending it, but I understand from a business standpoint why they would be doing what they're doing. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, look, I mean, the calls, roughing the passer calls are down this year. 
but but they're up the last two weeks, right? It's 15 the last two weeks after a total of 14 in the first three. So, I mean, the good news for people who fear that this is ruining the game is that we're on pace for a significantly lower number of these calls than we see in a normal season. And it is possible that people are erring on the side of caution after what happened to Tua, et cetera. It's also possible it's just a two-week blip, right. and it'll go back to the pace uh, from the first three. So I do think you, you see a greater awareness from the, the players, even if they don't like it, of the rules. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we saw Chris Jones last night look to try and brace himself with his arm as he's, by the way, also coming down with the ball. Right. Uh, so that's a, kind of a unique play. Yeah. Uh, so I think it may, be, it may be that the offenses are being committed less often and not just called less often, which would be a good thing as well. So uh, we'll see how it bears out over the season. But obviously two high-profile examples that get all the attention here. Right. One was on Tom Brady and one was on Monday Night Football. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at Progressive commercial.com that's another interesting point in this if you didn't see the game last night when chris jones sacks Derek carr and then lands on him with his with his body weight and we can get into we could parse whether or not he tried to not land on him what the referee clearly can't see and you described it really well dominique on tv this morning he doesn't have x-ray vision right so what is being completely obscured from the vision of the official is that Chris Jones just takes the ball directly away right. from Derek Carr before they both fall down, which brings up the possibility, and Jones said it after the game, that could this be reviewable? Because yeah. at that moment, Derek Carr has ceased to be a quarterback. Chris mm-hmm. Jones has become a ball carrier for a second there, mm-hmm. and it might have changed the call. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe that'll be the answer to this. There's no way to change this rule other than... Uh... I mean, when you watch the replay, and I know we're on radio for most people, so you can't see the replay, but you can see the official who threw the flag. He's in a direct line behind Chris Jones. So it's impossible, as difficult as what we're asking the defensive players to do, we're asking the referees in certain cases to do very impossible things also. I watched the game from the perfect angle, and I didn't know that Chris Jones had the ball until after I saw the replay. I also didn't know that Chris Jones put his hand down to brace his fall until I saw the replay. None of that is visible unless you have x-ray vision from the backside for the officials. So as much as we should come down on the officials, I guess I don't think we should be coming down on officials. We should acknowledge that what you're asking the defensive players to do is nearly impossible, and what you're asking the officials to do in real time is also nearly impossible. And in terms of the review possibility of it, look, it, it, it remains a judgment call, right? right? And the official's judgment on Sunday, Brady was thrown to the ground too hard. And the official's judgment last night, Jones landed on Carr's, Carr with his full body weight. A couple of years ago, after the NFC Championship game was decided on a missed pass interference call, they made pass interference reviewable. Do we all remember what a fiasco that was? Like It made everything worse, and they decided after a year to stop doing it. So this would be a similar situation. The one difference unique to last night's play is that you can review whether something was a turnover or not. Right, so if you if if the Chiefs had initiated a review saying we think it's a fumble and our guy recovered, that may well have been the case, and the Chiefs would have had the ball, but they still would have had to give those fifteen yards because that call was going to stand in terms of the body weight. All right, so that that unfortunately has become the story here. No one likes getting into these officiating controversies, but what can you say? It, it's what everyone was talking about. The one last night wasn't I didn't think nearly as egregious as the one on Brady on Sunday, at least in part because it it didn't happen right at the end of the game. Yeah. And the team who got, if we think it was a bad call, that team won anyway. So uh, I think that's why we leave it there. So what we are left with is Kansas City winning a thriller last night against the Raiders. But just a quick moment on the Raiders. Mm. The Raiders are 1-4. and four. 
Their overall point differential this year is negative five. Jeez. They've only been outscored on the season by five points. Their season may be over. Realistically speaking, coming back from one and four is almost impossible. But every game they've lost has been right there, including last night, obviously, when they lose by just the one point. What do we say about the Raiders? I, I had a lot of high hopes for them coming into the season. Yeah. And I, I'm just fascinated by how it has gone. Yeah, I mean, bad luck, it, it stinks, and also, like, late-game execution. So the game – and. I hate to pile on Hunter Renfro, but the game they lost against the Cardinals, Hunter fumbled the ball a bunch at the end of that game, and eventually a fumble return for a touchdown ended that game for him. And then in this game, they had man coverage again with no help on Devontae Adams, which is a recipe for disaster for the Chiefs all game long. And Devontae Adams is looking to come free, and Hunter Renfro, who also ran a great route and was open, ran into Devontae. So, like, I don't know what else to say other than bad luck, bad execution at, at um, important, pivotal times. So, yeah, this team, maybe they'll pull it out and get it together, but they're looking a lot better than they have been. So, I guess that's encouraging, but when you only have one in the W column, it's hard to be excited about work on uh, Wednesday. More significantly, though, coming out of last name, uh, last night's game, <clears throat> Dan, it sets up an unbelievable weekend. We, oh, yeah. We've got two games this weekend that feel like championship caliber implications uh you've got kansas city home to buffalo and you have dallas at philadelphia let's start with the chiefs because i feel like you've been around buffalo a lot and you have uh, told me many times how i'm not it would be hard to blame them for being obsessed with the chiefs at this point especially considering how last year ended when you show up in buffalo and you're you're brandon bean and sean mcdermott or the gm and the head coach arriving at the time they did the chiefs are the team you're trying to beat like we have to overcome that they are the big dogs in the afc the patriots were starting to fade we have to overcome the chiefs and the last two years the chiefs are the team that's eliminated buffalo from the playoffs in the afc championship game two years ago and then last year in that incredible divisional round game where they scored in the final 13 seconds to tie it then won the overtime corner toss. Buffalo knows what it has to do. They, they believe themselves to be the best team, but they also know that they have to show it by beating the Chiefs. And, you know, in, in microcosm, last year they lost a Monday night game to the Patriots up in Buffalo because of the wind. Remember that low-scoring yeah. game with the wind? Yeah. They went back a couple weeks later to Foxborough and smashed the Patriots because they were mad. They're, you know, we know we're better than... So you could see that. You could see Buffalo being motivated like that. Um, it's in Kansas City. If Buffalo wins it and they end up tied for the best record in the conference buffalo would get you know the bye and 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 a home field advantage if they were to play each other so it's a monumental game uh as you look down the road but in terms of the psyche of the buffalo bills i think it matters an awful lot there were questions for me i know the chiefs won but i left that game feeling less confident in the chiefs than i did before that game i was been so impressed with how the chiefs have been able to run the ball it's something that they never really have done well um, since Mahomes has taken over. They were running the ball really well. Even when they did not have the blocking advantage, they were still running the ball, doing what they wanted to do, even though the opponent knew it was happening. But what I noticed yesterday was Tyreek Hill really mattered. And I know it sounds yeah. stupid and obvious now, yeah. but there was so much of this game where the Raiders weren't doing anything special. They were just playing man coverage. And when the Chiefs could protect that really impressive Raiders pass rush, which they did a pretty good job of keeping them off of Mahomes. You would see guys running routes, and they'd catch the ball sometimes, but they weren't open. Patrick was throwing great passes, and sometimes it bounced off their hands. So, like, that 
one-on-one receiver that you know you can go to or a guy who's so good that it requires a double team and that opens up other things for other people, they don't have that. And Travis Kelsey, as good as he is, he had four touchdowns yesterday, but he had like 25 yards. You need somebody who is going to break the defense in man coverage, and they don't have it, and we'll see in – the Bills do have that in Stephon Diggs. Yeah, what the Chiefs are doing right now just kind of looks like harder work than what yeah, the Bills are doing, right? Exactly. I mean, that's a tough way, way to, to go through it. a whole season. All right, so we have that one, and then on Sunday night we have the Cowboys at the Eagles. And the likelihood, Jerry Jones commented on the radio this morning in Dallas saying something about how we'll see, basically saying nothing, saying we'll see how Dak is able to spin it as practice gets going this week. <laughs> what, what is your sense, Dan, of the likelihood or possibility that Dak plays Sunday night? The possibility exists, but it doesn't sound like it's as you know, a strong likelihood. Look, if he has three great days of practice and everything looks totally fine, then I think they probably play him. But if he doesn't, they've left themselves the outs. They've piled up wins in his absence. Uh, they, they know that they can get by until he's fully healthy, which is what they want to do. So whatever he shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, in terms of the health of that hand, uh, that'll determine it. But yeah. right now, it sounds like the right way to hedge would be to say one more week. No matter how great he feels, I think the smart thing to do is not to play Dak Prescott right now. If you would have asked them four weeks ago, uh, how many games they'd like to win in this stretch. Yeah. To be honest, I think they'd say two. We'd right. be happy. They won four, and that affords you some patience. And I think whether Dak is healthy or Cooper Rush is playing, they're going to lose to the Eagles either way, I would think. At least I think the Eagles are better. Hmm. So give Dak another week to rest, another week to prepare, and get yourself ready for the next Eagles matchup and potentially a playoff run. But – Rushing him out there against that D-line is asking a bit much. Well, that really is the question, is is it rushing him? Because you know Dak will want to play. And uh, I'm fascinated, Dominique, that you – so with a full-strength Dak, let's let's just say for the sake – put this week aside because I think the general feeling is even if he plays with the rustiness and whatever else, he probably won't be at his very best. But with Dak at his very best, you still think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys? Yeah, I do. And, I mean, the, the, I could be wrong again. The Cowboys are a lot better this year than I thought they would be. Yeah. And I'm gonna happy to eat my words because football is more fun when the Cowboys are good. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that they are better than I thought they were. But pushing them over the Eagles, the Eagles can win in a bunch of different ways, and they have, like, advantages over most teams. Where they normally have advantage, offensive line versus defensive line. They may not have that this week. But everywhere else, their defensive mm-hmm. line versus the Cowboys offensive line, their receivers versus the Cowboys secondary, their secondary versus the Cowboys receivers. Um, and in this case right now, the way that Hurts is playing, their quarterback against yeah. the other quarterback. Like, it's very difficult to find a place where I think that the Cowboys have an advantage, particularly if Dak is rusty or not fully healthy. Well, that's what makes it interesting, is with a fully healthy Dak, how, what is the difference between the two quarterbacks? Yeah. Uh, we, we all said the advantage Dallas has before the season began is they have by far the best and most stable quarterback position. How much of that space has Jalen Hurts closed? He could go a long way towards answering that question on Sunday night. Hey, you mentioned that most people are listening on the radio. I want to let you know you can also watch us live in the ESPN app. Just open the app, hit watch on the bottom tab, and you'll be able to watch us. Guys, you're the best. Dominique, Dan Graziano, thank you both so much. I could sit here and do this all day. You know what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? It's because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99 and they've always got your battery solution get in the zone with AutoZone coming up an accusation of cheating that cannot be ignored we'll get to it right after this on ESPN Radio Greeny the podcast
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy we are. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. We will dive into a cheating accusation that cannot be ignored, and certainly it seems yesterday was not. Uh, we also can explain how we were way ahead of this roughing the passer stuff once upon a time. Get to all that in 30 seconds after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, Bubba's here, uh, Nuno is here, and Hembo, I will start with you as we will give you the green light. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. So for those who were not following it all day long yesterday, a what I, what I think can only be described as a cheating controversy sort of raged loudly, particularly on MLB Network, which I know you watch regularly. At one point, I had a, a day where I had a lot of things that were occupying my time, and so I just checked on Twitter to see what was happening, and the name Brian Kenny was trending. Now, that doesn't happen often. Brian is an old friend of mine and uh, worked here at ESPN. Uh, Brian is a tremendous uh, talent and a tremendous baseball fan, but he seems to have said some things that made people very upset. For those who don't know what that was, take us through it. Yeah, Brian Kenny used Joe Musgrove's spin rate numbers based upon his start on Sunday, in which he eliminated the Mets, essentially as proof positive that Joe Musgrove was cheating. He had all these graphics to demonstrate 
how this was the case, how Joe Musgrove's numbers were off the charts in relation to his regular season. And he said to himself, or, and he said to his audience, this is proof positive that he was cheating and thus Buck Showalter did the right thing. And just because they did not find anything doesn't mean it was the wrong thing for Buck to do. And in fact, Joe Musgrove in all likelihood was cheating. That is, he used that word. And when he was doing the toss between Mad Dog and he, when they were arguing about this thing, he sort of affirmed when Mad Dog said, so what you're telling me, Brian Kenny, is that Joe Musgrove cheated. And Brian Kenny said, that is what I'm saying. So that obviously set the internet ablaze. Uh, correct. And of course, it got our guy Mad Dog all excited. And the Mets turn around and lay an egg and then Buck in the sixth inning with the team getting smoked decides that he's going to have Alfonso Marquez go to the mound and basically Take, make Musgrove take his clothes off to see if there's ointments in the wrong places. I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is how we're going to, this is the look we're going to throw at you here. This is the look. And, and he was not done. And I'll just keep playing it because I enjoy Chris Mad Dog Russo so much. He wasn't having it on the analytics, meaning spin rate, etc. Can we stop with the analytics? I mean, I don't care about every line drive that's 109 miles an hour off the bat. Enough with the analytics. Let us watch the ball game. I know when the ball is hit hard. I don't need you to have me give me the speed or the exit velocity. I don't need it. Well, what the revolution is with the spin rate. Oh, my God. Do you think Walter Johnson cared about a spin rate? How about Ruth? DiMaggio. I mean, come on. Mickey Mantle. Maze. Enough of the nonsense with the spin. Let me watch the ball game. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, it, it's, I love it. And there's nothing better. Here, let me just state that while Mad Dog is frequently made fun of for using dated references, Hembo yesterday dropped a Rogers Hornsby on us. So, I mean, Mad Dog could have used examples like Ken Griffey Jr. and Tony Gwynn and other all-time great hitters who played in the lifetime of most of the people watching and listening to him. He chose to go Walter Johnson- Ruth and DiMaggio and Mays. But okay, his point remains what it is. Now, I always turn to you for things like this. Is Brian Kenny right? Brian Kenny is right, but Brian Kelly, Brian Kenny is only telling one half of the story. In fact, the analytics back up Chris Mad Dog Russo, and here's what I mean. So Joe Musgrove's average spin rate was 5.7% higher on Sunday than it was during the regular season. And so probably Buck's advanced guys and maybe his you know, guys in the lineup came back to him and said, something's rotten in Denmark. But what his advanced guys, what the TV broadcast, and what seemingly no one else on Twitter was interested in looking up except for me, is that this is also true. League-wide average spin rate is 5.5% higher in the postseason than it was during the regular season. So... If we are going to blatantly and overtly accuse Joe Musgrove of cheating, might we consider looking at, I don't know, the rest of the evidence, which happens to say (laughs) that if you even isolate the eight teams that pitched in the first round of the playoffs, the spike in spin rate for Joe Musgrove is less than the average spike in spin rate. So look, I understand what Brian's doing. I've done it all the time on this show and many others. You use numbers to tell a story. But in this particular case, I think it was an egregious use of selection bias and to call Joe Musgrove a cheater when there is all sorts of evidence that say that everyone spin rate has increased to me is just blatantly irresponsible. And the the fan listening to this, and I'm treading lightly here because I want to make sure everyone is interested. This is interesting because you're talking about um, an accusation by a very credible person on the television network that is owned by Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm flat accusing a pitcher of cheating in a game, a a winner-take-all playoff game. So we're talking about significant 
stuff here. That, that's why we have to have this conversation. And I want to make it clear, or, or I want to ask you, because again, I turn to you for these things. How does one explain that everyone's spin rate was between 5 and 6% higher in these games than it was during the regular season? So often when doing a thought exercise, you like to use Occam's razor. Occam's razor is what is the likeliest outcome or explanation right. for what's happening here. So now, Occam's razor is when you're trying to figure out how did something happen? Whatever you think is the likeliest way it happened, that's probably it. Th- th- that's what Occam's razor is. It isn't always it, but it's probably it. So in this case, there are probably three different things that it could be. One, maybe the baseballs are a little different. We know baseball has had a problem with that over the years. That's something that pitchers have complained about a lot. Maybe the baseball is slightly different in the postseason so far for whatever reason. The second reason is that, I don't know, you're pitching in a high-leverage, high-stakes playoff game with massive adrenaline, and maybe we shouldn't be using a player's regular season baselines or averages as a means of comparison with the most important start he's making during the season. Or the third option in this case is that Joe Musgrove elected on national TV to lubricate his ears in order to better uh, grip the baseball, knowing that everyone would notice exactly what he was doing. So if you're going to line up these possibilities, Greeny, what is the likeliest and the least likely in your mind? Ah, the, the third one feels the least likely. Come on. But, but it isn't impossible, and so that's where we are. I agree with you, I, I think. But here's I just have so much respect for Brian. Me too. That there's no way, again, and, and, and for those of you who don't know Brian Kenny, he worked here at ESPN for a long time, so I've known Brian a very long time. He is not a hot take artist. He's the opposite of that. He's not a guy who is going to just sort of fly off the handle and say things recklessly and all that. He's just not. He's the opposite of that guy. So if he's saying something this pointed, and, and, and I think it is worth reiterating on MLB Network of all places, not on Sirius XM, not on ESPN, even though we are a partner, not on a local talk radio station, but on a, a network that is owned by the sport itself, then that gives it credibility in my eyes. It feels like it cannot just be ignored, and that's why I said an accusation of cheating that cannot be ignored. And to be clear, I watch this show at 2 o'clock every day. It is my favorite show aside from the one that I produced before this one. I think Brian is excellent, and there is not a single thing that he said on the broadcast yesterday that was untrue. But if you're going to do the data thing, you have to use all of the information. You can't simply identify Joe Musgrove in that moment because of the context of the situation and exclude the fact that literally every pitcher across the board has almost identical spikes to him. To me, that's just irresponsible. And look, maybe he just didn't even think to look at it. Maybe his researchers didn't even think to look at it. I don't even think he had nefarious motives. All I'm saying is here, I think we can all collectively be a little bit smarter. All right. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE.com. I want to ask Bubba now, because that then brings you to the fans. So the fans of the teams that were beaten by the Astros in the postseason in, what was it, 2017, when they won the World Series with the banging and the trash cans and everything else, those fan bases have never kind of gotten over the feeling that they were cheated, that they were robbed. And that's the Yankees in the ALCS, and that's the Dodgers in the World Series. So, Bubba, you are obviously, you are a crazy Met fan. You were at games two and three. Your credentials as a Met fan are well documented on this show. How does this hit you? Does this change any way that you feel about how that series ended and your team and anything else? I mean, I guess, guess for me, I'm mainly 
focusing more not about the spin rate, but more just about the pictures that I keep seeing. But I guess, you know, of his ear and the pictures I would always see seem to indicate there was something on his ear. But I guess all I can do is feel okay that if an ump checked his ear, I would assume if there was something there, they would have found it. So I don't know. I mean, sitting up in the in the stands, there's so many pictures zoomed in on Twitter that did not seem like it was sweat. I don't know what it would have been, whether it was hot sauce, Vaseline, whatever it is. That just didn't, it just didn't seem like it was natural. And they showed him, you know, going, wiping it off before they came. It just, it just didn't add up. And I, I don't know, you know, whether it was the spin rate stuff or not, but just the, the pictures don't seem to add up to me. But if the umps did a full check of him, I guess I just have to be okay with that. And I, I'm, I, in the end, you know, the, the Mets didn't get the job done. So I'm not, I'm not like going to go down and be like, oh, the, 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 we lost because he cheated. I don't, I'm not going to go down that road, no. To be clear, when Bubba says hot sauce, what he means is this ointment called Red Hot, which is something that like heats you up on a cold day. We've all felt that feeling. You put on uh, something that, that makes your skin feel hot. Uh, it was not hot sauce. The accusation here is not that he was eating wings in the clubhouse and he came out there with hot sauce on his ears. That said, I don't know what to do with this. So if I'm Rob Manfred today, I'm the people at Major League Baseball, I think I'm concerned because, again, on my network, on the network, and, and, and look, I know so many people that work at the Major League Baseball Network, in particular, Brian. I know so many people that work at NFL Network, uh, particularly Rich Eisen. These are former colleagues and friends of mine, people I have the utmost respect for. And those guys, and they've both proven it that they will say things that they know the people that they ultimately work for don't like, they'll do it. And I respect the heck out of them for it because that can't be easy. That said, if I'm Major League Baseball, I have to be at, I can't decide what reaction I would have to the fact that the discussion after we just come off this great weekend where everyone seemed to be very happy with the way, you know, this new first round format went and everything else, that's a big discussion. And again, they had it on TV and then it just went nuts. Conversations that take place on MLB Network don't trend on Twitter often. I, that, that, that's just a, a fact. So the fact that this became what it became on Twitter yesterday means it, it was um, consumed by lots and lots of people who weren't watching it on MLB Network. That's right. And I'm seeing like, my tweet, with, which I you know, provided that information about the spin rights across the board, in articles with this headline. And just so everyone's clear, we're not sensationalizing what Brian said. They entitled their segment Up to No Good. And when he was asked by Chris Russo if he believed that Musgrove cheated, Kenny said, quote, yeah, end quote. Like, this could not be any more black and white. Brian Kenny accused Joe Musgrove of cheating, used data to back it up, and seemingly did not provide any, <laughs> I guess, possibility that there could be some other explanation aside from sticky stuff. I don't, of that, I'm just not comfortable. I just can't go there. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. I, I hope that it was not hot sauce. That's the one thing I will say, is that if, if Joe Musgrove was using hot sauce, that would seem an egregious misuse of the product. I agree. <laughs> and if it was red hot, to be clear, that's perfectly legal, right? You, you, mm-hmm. There is no rule against that. That's not a sticky substance. Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> they're checking the pitcher's hand after every single inning. When they, always, when they play the music and the pitcher walks off the field, you see the umpire check their hand every single time. Honestly, like, this was just Buck Showalter being Bush. 
I played baseball through college. I coached youth baseball up until like five, five years ago. If a manager pulled this in a game in April against my team, it would be considered Bush. And for Buck Showalter to have done this in a winner-take-all postseason game when his team couldn't buy a hit was ridiculous. And the fact that he's being defended by people on MLB Network is something that I just find highly irresponsible. Okay, there you go. So, you know, the baseball fans are extremely passionate about this. I wanted to get that across, and I think we've done a good job of that. Everyone can make up their own mind. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. So much in the air. What an unbelievable time in sports. And we will get you to, in a moment, an enormous trade like seismic for a championship team that could be about to happen. But first, we have breaking news. So, Hembo, every time you and I try and fight back against all the people that want to make fun of baseball, people, sports fans making fun of baseball has become sort of a cottage industry. And I, for one, don't like it because I love the sport and I always have. And I have great respect for how hard it is to do. And we try and fight back. And I think we treat baseball with great respect on this show a lot more than most, I think, national sports radio shows. So we try to do that. And then every now and again, we just receive a setback from which we will not recover. I present to you this breaking news. Phillies reliever David Robertson is an important part of that bullpen, right? He, he won game one against the Cardinals. Phillies reliever David Robertson, Robertson strained his right calf jumping in the air when Bryce Harper homered against the Cardinals in the last round. And he is now out for the division series. An important baseball player is going to miss a playoff series because he hurt himself 
jumping for joy. That is a literal statement. He was jumping for joy. You've been hearing that expression since you were a little kid. Jump for joy. He was jumping for joy. He strained his calf. Can you imagine a football player? If I was sitting here telling you there was an injury to an important football player, and this is a, a postseason series, so you'd have to be talking about a game the magnitude of, let's say, Kansas City Buffalo. If I told you right now, Gabe Davis is not going to play because when the Bills scored one of their touchdowns that he wasn't involved in, he jumped for joy and he strained his calf and is thus not playing this week. Like, that just would never happen. So how do we defend this? Hembo? There is no defense for this, and I can confidently say that this is the kind of injury that could only happen to a relief pitcher in baseball. There is, you've never, ever once in your life, heard a linebacker having strained his calf jumping, or a shooting guard, or a goalie. This could only possibly happen to a relief pitcher, and it just so happens to have impacted a relief pitcher that could swing win probability in the Phillies' biggest series in more than 10 years. This can't be real. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) Nuno, a quick reaction from you. It's kind of embarrassing, (laughs) and Hembo needs to wear it. I I think that's right. It is, unfortunately, Hembo who has to wear it. You you cannot be baseball's biggest advocate on these airwaves and not wear it when something like (laughs) this happens. You just can't do it. So there you have it. All right, meanwhile... Let's get back to what I was planning to get to here, and that is, could we see an enormous trade, like seismic, for a championship team? By now, you've not only seen the incident, but you've probably seen the incident, which is to say TMZ somehow got hold of video of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole during practice for the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green, who is an integral member of that big three, they've basically had those three guys, Steph and Clay and Draymond, since the beginning of this run, and they will forever be remembered as a group. And when we first got the information that he had punched Jordan Poole, we, they said that they would, there'd be some discipline internally and that he wouldn't miss any time. And then after the video got out and it looked so bad, Draymond announced that he was going to take some time away from the team. What exactly does that mean? It has raised the conversation that maybe the Warriors will trade him. So much so that Stephen A. Smith got involved. I can tell you right now that Draymond Green is expecting this to be his last year in Golden State. Now, he want to be a Laker. He ain't going to tell anybody that. But don't think I don't know. He'd prefer to be a Laker if he got to leave Golden State. So could that be expedited? And would that even be a hugely meaningful addition for a Lakers team that desperately needs help? It's kind of hard to say. Uh, The truth is, right now, Jordan Poole is more important to the future of the Warriors than Draymond Green does. Draymond Green is indelibly tied to their recent past and deserves all the credit in the world. I've said a million times, whatever you may think of Draymond, I watched him play in college. If you had told me that guy was going to become the player that he is in the NBA, I would never have believed you. He has done that through extraordinary hard work. So I give him all the credit in the world for that. That said, Jalen said to me on TV, we had a a countdown last week, and when we were talking about this, before we had seen the video, Jalen said things will never be the same. But I want to say one other thing about the incident. At first we heard maybe... He swung a punch, or maybe he actually connected. connected. If he connected, that relationship will never be the same. Mm. That's the difference. Well, he connected, Jalen. Yeah, they, they, that, that relationship will never be the same. So that's Jalen saying, and now, now we've all obviously seen it. Um, that was from Countdown last Thursday night. 
So now we've all obviously seen it. So that relationship will never be the same. So what exactly does that mean? Look, the interpersonal dynamics of teams, it is, it is certainly not lost on anyone that Steve Kerr, who was the coach of that team, was once famously punched during practice by Michael Jordan in an event that we now romanticize. I mean, when, when we talked about that during first um, during uh, last dance and everything else, it was talked about as this mythical moment. Oh, my goodness. That was when Steve Kerr earned Michael's respect and how great it was. And Michael was a tough leader. But, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it as some horrible thing. Now, TMZ didn't have video. I wonder what it looked like. I don't know if it looked exactly the same as that. And obviously, Michael Jordan, well, Michael Jordan is a lot bigger than Steve Kerr. Uh, not as much big. I mean, Draymond Green is just a big guy. So, like, seeing Draymond Green throw that punch with that force and it connect, like, that's a tough video to watch, and it's it's tough to unsee. But more importantly, is it going to be impossible for Poole and for the Warriors to get past? Could Draymond Green get traded from the Warriors to the Lakers or anybody else? That would really be something, as we are sitting here, whatever we are, two weeks away from the start of the regular season. Uh, we'll find out. We'll continue here as we roll on Busy Day. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.